On this episode, I ruined Kelsey's life with David Foster Wallace. Oh, good. Yay! 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 Hey! Hey! Hey, how's it going? It's great. It's great. It's a beautiful Tuesday. Beautiful outside. It's a beautiful Tuesday? It's not so hot that I can't function anymore. No, it is actually a pleasant, tolerable temperature outside, which is a change for us here in the city. Yeah, and so we have to turn off the air conditioner to record. <laughs> yeah, every episode is a, is a ticking time bomb. <laughs> ticking time bomb. Uh, how long will it be until we get way too sweaty to go on? <laughs> Uh, welcome, welcome to Ruin My Life. Yeah, welcome to the podcast, the show about, um, a podcast about making your friends enjoy the things you enjoy. Yeah. Forcing, forcing them to like the stuff that you love. Or at least to consider liking the stuff that you love. Right, right, to experience Which I think we've learned in these past few episodes. Yes. (laughs) You can't force someone to love a thing. You can't force someone to love a thing. But you can share it with them. Yeah. And in sharing it with them, you you extend a hand of friendship. Oh, friendship. Oh, friendship That's what is this nice. podcast is about. It's about friendship. It's about friendship. You know, I always find it's good to announce your themes up front <laughs> so that no one misses them. You know... It's a thesis statement. It it's a thesis statement. We're going with the whole, like, essay format. This is my introductory paragraph. We're going to break it down. Three paragraphs in the body. Yep. Then wrap it up in the summary. Conclusion. Going to finish off fourth grade with a bang. Did you draw those little stools? Stools? Like, when I was learning to write essays in, like, the third and fourth grade, you had, it was, like, a three-legged stool, right, that you drew? Mm, no, and it I didn't had the that. thesis statement or, like, the introduction on the, like, the base of the stool and then all your supporting points. So what is the top of the stool? Or on the top of the stool, sorry. Oh. Was the, there wasn't really a conclusion. So the conclusion is just the floor? The conclusion. I guess I'm, that I'm was just, just a I'm, weird I'm, teaching I, technique. I'm not understanding, I'm understanding the, I guess, because the idea is that your body paragraphs are supporting your thesis. Mm-hmm. That makes sense, I guess. I did, it's hard for me to because I visualize. It's actually it. kind of an apt intro. <laughs> you know, it actually is, yeah. Because, uh, uh, well, do we want to talk about what we're discussing today? Yeah, we're probably going to mention it eventually. So why not now? We probably should. So today's episode is all about David Foster Wallace, uh, one writer. of my, one of my, a writer, a writer, writer of fiction, nonfiction, fiction. and that about covers it. Some things that I don't know if I would call either of those. It's true. A sort of blend of the two in some cases. <laughs> Journalistic fiction. I've heard some Footnotes. people call some of his stuff. Footnotes. He wrote a lot of those. Footnotes. In, in fiction and nonfiction contexts, though. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite authors, if not my favorite. Um, an author that I have a lot of preconceived notions about and did not want to read. <laughs> oh, oh, yes. This was met with some resistance from Kelsey. Much but, resistance up to the point of recording, actually. Like, up until about an hour ago, I'd say, you were still fighting against me on this. But here, I mean, I fell asleep. <laughs> well, you also texted me last night and said, I can't do this. I can't. I can't do it. <laughs> so, obviously, he's got a um, wide body of work. Mm-hmm. I could not force you to endure all of it. No. Or even the center, the center of it, which is, of course, his novel Infinite Jest. Thank you so much for not well, that, making me read Infinite Jest. That would be. It is my favorite novel of all time. It I, is. I I figure if this podcast goes on long enough, that might 
give me enough time to finish it. <laughs> if we, I think we agree that if I read the entire Harry Potter series one to seven, I, w- I will read Infinite, you would read Infinite Jest, Jest, which is about right. Which is, I mean, lengthwise probably. I don't know if like conceptually <laughs> it's as the, much to take in. Pretty sure the, the word count would still be. I would still be reading more words. Probably. I think so. I think you'd have a lot less trouble understanding it than I would. I'd be doing a lot less flipping back and forth. Mm-hmm. There'd be a lot less end notes to take in. Yeah, I'll just I'll annotate all of Harry Potter for you. Oh, <laughs> uh, please. I would read those in, in, in a heartbeat. <laughs> Kelsey Goldman's annotated Harry Potter. <laughs> I'm and, sure no one else has done that yet. Anyway. But, so in, in place of that, I gave you a collection of his nonfiction. Which, which is, is good because I really like nonfiction. Right, exactly. <laughs> Play, playing to our strengths here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Consider the Lobster. Yes. Which contains the titular essay. Yes. And several other non-titular essays. Yes. He reports on, uh, in the titular essay, a the New England Lobster Festival. The main, the main, main, lobster, main lobster festival. festival. I haven't read it in a little bit. Yeah. He reports on the the uh, a uh, pornographic video convention. industry convention. Yes. He writes about a, a autobiography of a tennis player. Yes. There is one 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 the, the one I think the most controversial among the two of us here, is he has one that's a review of a dictionary. So Jason. Since this is your uh, your thing, um, I, I brought this to the table. Yeah, um, do you want to tell us a little bit about Dan Foster Wallace and how you uh, came across him as an author? Well, it's funny you ask, Kelsey. <laughs> I came across a reference in online to the "This Is Water" speech. Yeah, his commencement speech he gave Kenyon University. Kenyon. Kenyon. I said it right Kenyan. that time. Yeah. I always want to say Kenyon. In looked... Gambier, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Which is. Uh, probably his m- most well-known actual uh, piece of writing. I mean, people know Infinite Jazz is like yeah. this massive, giant, obnoxious book. More people have consumed. But people actually know the content of This Is Water. Yeah. Which really, really like struck a chord with me. Mm-hmm. I know it's sort of, mm-hmm. in some circles, they, people write that off as very sappy or too, I don't know, sen- sentimental and, and um, simple in a way that doesn't reflect... David Foster Wallace's uh, entire work and his personality and his his very the complex opinions he expressed over his life, mm-hmm. but I, I guess when I say some circles, I'm mostly talking about the writer Brett Easton Ellis, who has sort of made a second career out of just talking shit about David Foster Wallace for the past who, ten years. Who wrote American Psycho? Yeah, yeah, he's he's a kind of a nasty dude. This uh. This seems very contrary to me, <laughs> knowing um, who you are. Um, um, why, why is that? Um, so in case you didn't know, listeners, Jason's favorite musical of all time, I don't know how you feel about the book, is American Psycho. Not crazy about the book. <laughs> don't love it. But it's a great musical, according Mo- to Jason. Movie's okay. Musical is great. Best musical of all time. <laughs> Should have won all the Tonys. Sorry, I, just, I get everything. American Psycho was robbed. I will go to my grave saying that. That, that being said, the author himself kind of is uh, in, enjoys making people upset. Oh. And not in a very minor, like, online, like, sort of troll in a way. He says things to make people angry. That's really upsetting. Yeah, he, he's just a, a obnoxious dude. So that was your... Okay. <laughs> that was your... <laughs> that, so so, so I, I found... I, I, I listened to This Is Water, found it mm-hmm. very truthful. I, I saw a lot of truth in it. I'm trying not to use the word resonate so much because I use that word a lot when I talk about art I enjoy. Yeah. But I've, I found it to be very, um, you know, clear-headed and 
relevant to daily life as I experienced it and mm -hmm. useful advice. It's clearly written as a graduation address to people yeah. who are about to go out into the world. And I suppose when I first heard it, I was still sort of entering into the world myself. I had not long ago moved to New York City. Wait, was, so this Dave Foster Wells thing is recent for you? It's very recent, yeah. Oh, this changes everything. It's in the past. Uh, oh, really? I mean, not everything, but a, a everything lot of... Everything is different now. A lot of my preconceived notions, possibly. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. I think we'll have to dive into those a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this, this is only about two and a half years ago. Hmm. And so after I read, or rather listened to This is Water, which, which I guess I should probably explain if anyone hasn't read it, is essentially about being aware of the rest of the world and not getting trapped inside yourself and sort of resisting that solipsistic pull towards crushing loneliness. This is going to be a hard essay or a hard podcast to goof on, isn't it? Maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. Um, well, well, I guess. So after, after you read This is Water, or did you read it? I listened to it. You listened to it? On um, YouTube. On the YouTube. I remember I was laying in on the floor of my first apartment I lived in in New York City which is because I had no other room to lay in because oh. it was basically the size of a closet. Oh. But I lofted my bed so that I could have some space on the floor. But what that really meant was that my bed was about two feet from the ceiling. I spent a lot of time laying on the floor because I had to do my back stretches. And also I was very depressed for a lot of the time, so I didn't want to move. So after you listened to this water, did you like immediately go buy books or...? And I, and I started thinking, you know, maybe I want to read Infinite Jest. Like, yeah. I, I took on it as if, like, some, like, the way you would, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run a marathon. Like, I, I think I'm going to do this. I mean, I think that's the correct approach to that right. book. And like running a marathon, I thought, I better warm up a little bit first. Mm -hmm. So I sort of asked around, like, hey, does anyone know anything I might want to read before I dive into this thing just to prepare myself? Yeah. I ended up reading just a couple of his essays mm -hmm. that uh, are available online, mm -hmm. including Consider the Lobster and Host, which is also in this book. Which I also about. did not finish because <laughs> I like just got too frustrated with the formatting. Fair, the format on that one is obnoxious. It's so obnoxious. And so after I did that, I thought, okay, I'm going to do it. So I dove in, um, read Infinite Jest. Took me about two and a half months, maybe about two months. I, I picked up the book right right that's after. Fa that's fast. That's you well, <laughs> I, I just finished my uh, an internship. Yeah. And while I was waiting for the next one, I thought, well, I might as well dive into this thousand page book. Might so well. I wasn't. I, I had a lot of free time for for. A lot of time I was reading it. And Maybe also, I'll read it if I ever get fired. <laughs> nothing to do. Well, then you're always associated with being fired, though. That's okay with me. <laughs> anyway. I'm pretty sure if you get fired, wouldn't you just watch more TV? Probably. <laughs> Let's be honest. I'm just extrapolating from how long I've known you so far and what your behavior is like. Yeah. I feel like if you got fired, it wouldn't be. Well, I'm not going to find tackle that. Or listen to more podcasts. More podcasts and more, and more TV. Yeah. Problem is you wouldn't be commuting though, so you'd have less time, less time listening to podcasts on the train or anything. True, and I'm not working, and I listen to podcasts Ooh, at work. Yikes! I listened to three episodes at work, and I was only at work till two today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're not gonna get fired. What are you talking about? <laughs> you just left work at two. My boss told me to leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. Me anyway. and my mind too. Anyway. And I read it, and it was a lot, and it, it took me. After the two and a half months thing we read, it took me about a month after that for it to all settle in my mind. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was all done. I actually, I felt like I had, I felt like my brain had been physically altered. Like I felt myself being changed as a person and the way I viewed things and how I wanted to, and I, and like how I wanted to interact with the world and the kind of person I wanted to be. Not in a major way, like I'm going to move across the world and, and, <laughs> and start a new life, but more about just. I mean, it's, it's sort of a basic message to take from that book, but the idea of being 
um, it's sort of a similar theme to This Is Water, the idea of being present in the world and trying to connect with people and not hiding behind the walls you put up as a person to defend yourself from people. Okay, so I don't need to read Infinite Jazz. I could just listen to the 20-minute This Is Water speech. I'm really more, okay with there's that. More, there's more to it than that. Infinite Jazz is about a lot of things, and that's only one of them. That was just my biggest takeaway, but it, I really felt like I had... I, 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 it's hard to explain. I, I could feel the words changing the chemistry of my brain. And some of that has faded a, a bit just because life continues to go on and mm-hmm. you, you know, even any revelation you might mm-hmm. have can, can be eroded down by time. But still, it remains a very important book to me. And, and if it is the only book where when someone says to me, I'm going to start reading it for jest, I get... So jealous. They get to experience. I, I wish it for I could read it time. again for the first time, which is odd because I also want to read it again at some point because it's a yeah. book that would that really benefits from being read twice mm-hmm. because of the the sort of fractured narrative structure and the odd nature of it all. Just using fractured narrative structure makes me want to die if I for reading that. I just I don't <laughs> I don't think I could do it, Jason. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with the fractured narrative structure? Uh, it's fractured. It's fractured. That's there's a, a thousand pages I have to keep up with a fractured na- narrative structure. Come on. I mean, not it, it, not really. After the first 200 pages or so, it really sort of sells into a nice groove. I should also mention that after I finished Infinite Jest, I... Do you read everything I, else? I so could... I could not... I mean, I wanted to break from David Foster Wallace's fiction because it's all it would it'd consume my life for two and a half months. Yeah. But I couldn't just jump right back into normal books. So I bought uh, Consider the Lobster to yeah. read as a sort of a, a, a come down <laughs> from Infinite Jest <laughs> to transition myself back into the world of reading manageable things that's amazing so that's why i own that book in the first place no way i remember because I, I read the entirety of conservative lobster over july 4th weekend 2014 yeah and i got infinite jest maybe like may 10th 2014 <laughs> so i actually read that whole book in may, about a month and a half wow again not employed for about a, one of those months yeah like all make, you were doing was reading that make, book. makes a difference yeah makes a difference is there any david foster wells that you haven't read yet that you'd still like to read there is and I'm sort of parceling it out yeah. a little bit of time because, you know, once I'm done... You're, I mean, you can never that, experience it again for the first time. And Well, and that, that's it. Yeah. Like, he didn't... He's not writing anything else. That's true. And so I've actually... I bought about a, two weeks ago, I bought one of his short story... Uh, sorry, short nonfiction collections and it's sitting over there on the table in that back from the strand. Uh-huh. And I'm just sort of holding off on that to read as a reward to myself for some undetermined thing I'm going to accomplish. Perhaps putting out a podcast. Mm, mm, very mm. good. I like mm. that. Mm. So yeah, there's there's one or two books of uh, short fiction, one book of nonfiction, and then uh, one novel, actually. What novel have you not read yet? How um, many novels did he write? He wrote, his first novel he was really his dissertation for grad school. Mm-hmm. It, it was The Broom of the System. Mm. It came out in like 88 or something. Okay. And then he wrote Infinite Jest. And then the only other novel he worked on was called The Pale King, yeah. which he was working on at the time of his death. Mm-hmm. And it was unfinished, but was published in, a, in some format. Which I, I was in the impression when I bought it that it was, he sort of arranged for it to be published in the form it was before his death. But yeah. that's clearly not true as soon as you start reading it. Mm-hmm. So there's a bit of that sort of, you know, discomfort of, reading a thing an author maybe didn't intend for you to read. It's certainly not in this form. Yeah. But there's also enough, there's one, like, 100-page section in The Pale King that is um, the most relatable thing 
he's that I've read of his and maybe one of the most relatable things I've ever read in my life. Anyway. So there, there's some stuff still there for me, so to, for me to pick Dave over. So Foster Wallace is very important to Jason. Very important to Jason. But how's, how, how does Kelsey feel about it? <laughs> Let's dive into um, let's dive into sort of let's let's dive into that. I feel like I said dive in a lot in this podcast. Maybe. Let's dive in. <laughs> so, um, I feel like this is gonna open up this 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 next question is probably gonna cover the rest of our time. Uh did you have any preconceived notions about David Foster Wallace before uh, you read this book? So in high school I did not know who David Foster Wallace was. I mean, me neither. Um David Foster Wallace died uh September of two thousand eight. It was approximately, I want to say, two weeks into my freshman year of college mm-hmm. at, a, at a very liberal arts school. I must have seen 15 to 20 people reading Infinite Just a Day that semester. Wow. Um, I had several friends who were assigned it in their freshman English classes. Or, like, it was the theme for one of the freshman English classes. Like, our freshman oh English God. class had different themes. Freshman and English. One that's, of them, that's, that's I think, was to read Infinite Jest. <laughs> like, that was the whole assignment. Um, Man, I guess to just throw you in the deep end of the pool in terms of college reading, huh? Yeah. And so, from from that, that was the first time I'd heard of David Foster Wallace. Obviously, he, his death was very tragic. He committed suicide. And, and he was fairly young. He was, like, in his late 30s. Or uh, he was in his, I want to say, early, late 30s, early 40s. Yeah. And I just remember that was, that was just, like, the big, because, you know, dudes especially who go to liberal arts colleges like to talk a big game about what they read and what they know and and there was just so much discussion of of david foster wallace and and you couldn't really escape it and i looked at the book infinite just like i opened it once and it was like nope <laughs> um but i mean that's that was you know a time and a moment and i was just like me being me and not wanting to be like like everybody else, because <laughs> I wanted to be different. You were, I guess, about 18 or 19 when this happened? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then my junior year of college, I took a, um, we had to, at my school, we had a liberal requirement that was an environmental class, and I took a philosophy class called environmental ethics. Okay, so I just want to slow slow down for a second here and then point out that you, you've made the decision of your own accord to, <laughs> as a sophomore, take a... Junior. Sorry, a junior. <laughs> take a philosophy class, which is, in theory, filled with other other college juniors. Yes. Okay. Yes, college just, juniors who, wanna, who, are, who are not technically, because everyone had to take an environmental class, and there were only so many. So, like, a lot of these, uh, actually, it was probably not all juniors. So a lot of, it was a lot of sophomores and freshmen, too. Um, <laughs> Even better. This, Even better. This class was not a requirement for a philosophy major. Um, but, yes, so, yes, I made this decision because... Stupidly, I took, for my science, I took chemistry. Um, Ugh, stupid. I, I'm really good at chemistry, and I did really <laughs> well in chemistry, but there was the same chemistry class with an environmental attack to it, but since I took the regular chemistry class, I couldn't take the environmental chemistry class. And so I had to find another environmental class to take, and I didn't want to take math. And those were the only things that fit in my schedule, environmental ethics or math. This is an American tragedy. Right? <laughs> so I took a philosophy class thinking, you know, philosophy. Yeah, college philosophy class. That'll go Fine. great. Fine. Uh, the, the thing there is I shouldn't have taken an ethics class. That's, that's mm. what I should have done. Mm-hmm. Um, so environmental ethics. And this class, my, my school was about 65% girls, 35% guys. This class was probably about that ratio. But there was these two dudes in this class 
one of whom was reading Infinite Jest the entirety of the class. Like, he brought it with him every every day. Who... God, I cannot imagine Who are just the kind of person that, from my impression, the beginning of freshman year, are the people that read Dave Foster Wallace. <laughs> and... I have never hated two people so much in a class. Like, I'm all for informed discussion, but one of my biggest pet peeves is being belittled or talked down to, Mm. and I could not get away from that. Or, if you will, mansplained. (laughs) We we didn't know what that was back then. I didn't even know what that was back then, but that's what was happening. It was like like water. You were just surrounded by men condescending to you, and we didn't have a word for it yet because no one could... You would you would make a point, and it's an it's an intro philosophy class. You're not required to have any philosophy background, and you would make a point because it's you know you're talking about morals and ethics and and what you believe sort of, and you'd make a point, and it would automatically be refuted or you know whatever by these these two guys in this class, and like even the professor who was like an adjunct phd student at like johns hopkins or somewhere would, would be like okay guys like okay <laughs> and it was it was just the most frustrating class i've ever been a part of but i mean the the final paper for that class is i had to write um a defense of a particular diet it was about oh, we talked a lot about um types of diet and what is better for the environment or better for people and um um, so you had to defend like vegetarianism or mm-hmm. omnivorism or something i ended up defending a pescatarian diet and I think that the essay considered lobster was like the more I the more I read it, I was like, this might have been part of our reading for this class, and this is why I hate it so much. So you may have already read it before. Yeah, I, I, I gave it to you. Yeah, it sounded very familiar, and I, even if it wasn't, I know that it was brought up in the class. Um, I don't know. So I think it's not that I have anything against David Foster Wallace in particular. I just have something against the type of people I know to be fans of David Foster Wallace. And it's just a very particular time in a very particular place. And I just that like that's one of the worst college class experiences I've ever had. And I I loved college. It was like I thrived in college. If I could just go to college for the rest of my life, I would. And and when I had a class that really just Asher Asher Roth over here, everybody. (laughs) Asher 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 Roth over here. (laughs) Asher Roth. But like, I I love college. Anyone partying part the class part. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's the same sentiment though. He wants to stay in college for the rest of his life. Yeah, but yeah. So I think I just I just had it was one of the worst experiences I had in class, and I and I loved my liberal arts education for all the reasons that Dave Foster Wallace explains in This Is Water. Um, you just hate being around pretentious white men who love David Foster Wallace. How am I friends with you? Do we need to, do we need to pull the plug on this? I, I don't <laughs> want to commit ourselves to a thing that's going to tear you up inside. No, but the difference is that you you are pretentious, you are white, and you are a dude. But... Damn, that's three strikes. Most of the time, you don't talk to me like I know less than you. Right. That's just not a good way to talk to anybody. It's not a good way to talk to anybody. And that's what these people did. And that is, that like ruined Dave Foster Wallace. In I, my, I, I just in heard my that you mind. said most times. Yeah. I, I, you don't talk to me like that. I'm not saying you don't ever talk to anybody like that. Because I'm <laughs> sure you do, because we all do. That's true. <laughs> um, you don't talk to me like that. And I, just so want, I, I just wanted to know if there was any specific examples you wanted to. I can't open come up, up with any at the current moment. Okay. Um, I'll tell you. <laughs> don't worry. I know you will. Andrew knows I will. Oh boy, he knows better than anybody. Um, 
but yeah so i, I think friend of the podcast andrew favalora so yeah i think i just had this these really negative associations with dave foster wallace and with like the genre i guess associated with him and it you know originally it was like i don't want to do this because this is what everybody likes and then it was i don't want to do this because this is what these people i don't like really like now those are not really legitimate reasons to dismiss a thing right but they are highly relatable and mm-hmm. i do them all the time mm-hmm. you at least were in college when this happened i do this do that to this day i mean we both do i mean it's, it's typically things that formed in college like i hate the avid brothers <laughs> hate them hate them because it's so upsetting i like them um <laughs> i just hate them i know I, I, they, they, for, for similar reasons the root of that is that i went to a school talent show you went to a talent show? I went, to a talent, I went to a talent show, and there was a girl I really liked. And there was a guy forming one of the bands, and she was really into this guy. Or at least I thought she was. I, that This may have been 100% The senior head. of high school. Senior of high okay. school. And the guy in the band, they did a cover of Color Show, which to my ears was the most obnoxious song of all time. <laughs> I found out that the Avett Brothers were the band who did that song originally. I thought, hmm, I don't like this band. Yeah. And then I, all, I, I met some other people in college who I won't go into who also really enjoyed the Avett Brothers who were not great people. I mean, I, there's also some... I, I, could, I, could really, I could call out some names right now. I could put some people on blast. I could put some people on blast too about like, like people who like David Foster Wells that I think are not good people. So, but, but I'm I not won't, going but to. But I won't. But I won't. But I'm going to be the better person. But I won't. Like Beyonce said, my mama taught me better than that. Because my mama I will not me better than that. compromise my Christianity. I'm a, I'm a survivor. I, I will not compromise my Judaism. I I think it's still I think we're <laughs> I think we're both at the same risk of compromising our Christianity. You're probably right. I think that's fair to say. <laughs> oh. Anyway, so I think those were my associations that made me not really want to like it. That said That said <laughs> still didn't love it. Oh, I mean, like I said, I, I enjoyed the sort of magazine articles or the, the traditional nonfiction. The journalistic pieces. The journalistic pieces. Um, like, also, of Simba, not a lot of footnotes. No, no. Which was nice. Do you, not, do you just not like the footnotes? I don't hate footnotes. I Like, as a, as a tool, I don't like the way he uses them. He uses them a lot. A lot. And, like, a lot, I, a like, lot. You've read my writing. Like, I, I like to parenthetical. Like, I like to comment on my own, what I'm saying. But I yeah. like it in the in the text. But, like, he wants to say too much to do that. What if some of his uh, footnotes had been GIFs? What? Would that have been more acceptable? If he'd used GIFs in place of some of those footnotes. <laughs> that would have like, been instead amazing. of, like, a, a half a page explaining the context of the main lobster festival. Yeah. It was just a moving image from the Real Housewives of Atlanta. Yeah. TFW. DFW. Oh. TFW. DFW. Someone needs to make that Tumblr blog. (laughs) TFW. DFW. (laughs) Where you just replace all of David Foster Wallace's footnotes with GIFs. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know. Probably would have found it a little more entertaining. (laughs) But yeah, so I, I like the more journalistic pieces. The, the book reviews, like, I had a really hard time with somewhat because I didn't understand the the book being, like, the, the Dostoevsky piece. Like, I haven't read any Dostoevsky. Dostoevsky is so over my head that, like, reading a book review on a, a book about Dostoevsky's works was just, like, too much. You know? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm looking over that particular essay right now. I don't remember reading this at all. <laughs> I know I did, but um, I vaguely remember the Kafka one. I, I like I somewhat understood the Kafka one more because I don't. The Kafka no, I mean, one is not I'm, a book I'm, review. I'm is with it? you. It, not really, but yeah. it's it's literary. It's it's very short. I've and I've, and I've read sense. enough Kafka that like it sort of makes sense. I, I'm with you. I've never read any Dostoevsky. I have yeah. no reference point for that, and I don't. Clearly, none of this stuck with me. And and then as far as like the the one book review that I found somewhat intriguing was the How Tracy Austin Broke My Heart, mm-hmm. um, or Tracy Austin Broke My Heart or whatever, because like it's somewhat understandable yeah. if you like haven't read the book because it's a book by a sports star. And, you know, <laughs> I don't want I don't want to belittle the sports stars, but like he says no. in the in the review that you know it's not super great. <laughs> um, and he sort of he sort of goes into the idea of how. Um, like the innate ability of an athlete, especially a tennis, like a tennis player, yeah. is their ability to, to clear their quote unquote clear their minds. Is yeah. oversimplifying it, but yeah. to be fully in one moment and to yeah. and to act with no second guessing or yeah. or overanalyzation. And, and reading that against the backdrop of the Olympics was pretty interesting. Yeah. But sort um, of about that and like how that skill is maybe does not translate to to writing to writing right yeah. <laughs> Um, Which is interesting because he is himself a writer, so he yeah is in a lot of ways placing Tracy Austin's skill above his own in terms of worth or value. Yeah. Doesn't really come off like that to me, but I'm, I should say a lot of his work has to do with um, the idea of um, I mean the biggest theme I get out of love is is communication and 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 being with another person and communicating with people and not getting trapped inside yourself. Mm-hmm. And a lot of and a lot of that's and and what I read to see in a lot of his work is a sort of self consciousness that I um, I don't mean to draw a line between myself and, and TFW's level of intelligence or writing ability, but I recognize that sort of paralyzing self awareness that you can get sort of caught in a loop, get very much stuck in your own head, and not be able to communicate with the outside world in some ways. Yeah. And so I see a lot of that in his work, where he's sort of examining how other people do that. Mm-hmm. And so I think the idea of the, um, I mean, the Tracy Austin piece is, is pretty honest about, about her writing skill and how it's not her, her forte so much. Yeah. But I, I think there's an admiration there of the ability to just exist in the world and not get, you know, doubled over with yeah. analyzing yourself and the world around you. Yeah. Um, and so and the fact that I have a tendency to do that myself and um, is part of the reason why I relate to so much of his work because I see that in that as a recurring, as a running theme throughout so much of it. He has this tendency in in some of them to establish like a setting or mood using like these long lists of things mm-hmm. which I couldn't I couldn't deal with. Like it was one of the things that I was like, "Oh my god, I'm just <laughs> skipping this whole paragraph." It's not a list. What? There's a lot of lists. He has a lot of lists and like it just it was just like just one little thing that's just like he see it. It seems um, maybe unnecessary to say about someone who wrote a eleven hundred page book, but he's very long winded. Yeah. But if that style worked for you and it does work for me, it does. It work. really it it's if it, if it clicks for you, you will. Yeah. I, I will read through sentences that run on for four or five pages. I don't know. I just I I mean I mean when we established before we you asked me if I would read this that I'm I'm not really a reader and not that I don't but I, I like books the thing is like I don't dislike books I, but you I hate people who read books and enjoy them <laughs> yes <laughs> they are the scum of no, the earth I, I, I enjoy books I reading like the physical act of reading is 
not hard for me. Like, I was very good at it as a child. <laughs> okay, but, um, great. I was a great reader, the best reader. <laughs> everyone, people, everyone I mean, said, it just, it, what it, a great reader I am. I, I don't, I get distracted very easily from, from that act. And uh, uh, yeah, I, I can relate to that. I don't yeah, just so do sit I. down and read books like some people do. Like I you do re- much better with like shorter form. You'd rather take your books through your ears. Yes, and I and I did listen to a good portion of this book, um, which like I firmly believe that listening to a book is reading it. But you know, some people would argue. Really? <sighs> there was a whole discussion on one of the McElroy podcasts <laughs> about about whether about yeah, and I don't know when it was because. I don't. I don't think that's that's the case, though. I think if you if you're taking in information, that that, that counts. That counts. Yeah, I as, agree. As and I, I've always been much better at auditorily yeah. taking in things than than I have. Yeah, people like, have different styles. That's visually taking them in, and it it also like makes me have more time to read because I can like fold yeah. my laundry <laughs> <laughs> or you know whatever. And I I also have I have trouble focusing on like one thing. Like I need to be doing something with my hands. Yeah, part of the other... problem with reading is that people don't consider a lot of the time. There's no comfortable way to read. Oh my God, you are so right. There's no, I mean, think about it. There's no good way to do it. If you lay down, you're like, you're either holding the book above, above your, your head, head pretty much, or you're craning your neck down. Yeah. You're doing that pretty much no matter what, because yeah. you, like, you either rest the book in your lap and you're like. Yeah. Or you're holding it out here or like. Yeah. What you need yeah. is, I mean, what we really need is just a way to like have books float in front of your face. Well, I read, <laughs> at work yesterday, I read a good <laughs> portion of. Um, Never going to be fired. Definitely getting fired. Um, I read. <laughs> this is going to play I, very, I read very the, poorly the if you get fired. I read the end of Up Simba yesterday at work on like the NYPL um, website, like a, yeah. a book, uh, a book. So it was literally just floating in front of my face. Yeah. <laughs> From that, is reading good. reading a computer screen is much worse for your eyes than just reading a yeah physical book. But it went by faster. Yeah, yeah. Because I wasn't like readjusting every three minutes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think I think that's. I have trouble sitting still, I guess. But um. as 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 romanticized as the idea of curling up on a couch with a book is, like, how long can you stay curled up for though before you get sore? Right. Like, I got. I have a bad back. You have a bad back. Yeah. We can't. We can't do that. <laughs> we can't for, do for that. a whole evening. <laughs> like, I just need to be able to lay flat on the ground <laughs> yes. with a book above my face. Oh, uh, that's the dream. If that's I could. The dream. <laughs> if I could just like Harry Potter that shit above my head. Right. Um, what, 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 what would that spell be? I don't. I mean, there's a hovering spell, definitely. The Tarati Leviosa. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I that's, that's pretty good. Something about it, it, Leviosa. <laughs> Leviosa's got to be in the mix. Yeah. Um, that's what's hard for me, too, is that I can't. Like, if a book, if I like a book enough that it distracts me from how uncomfortable I am, <laughs> then we're good. But yeah. I did not like this book enough. Uh, that's a high bar for a lot of yeah. books. Yeah. It's for, I mean, it's a great book can do that, but it's. Yeah. A great um, book can take you on a journey inside your mind, Kelsey. Did you know that? Mind. You can see the whole world without ever leaving your chair or your floor. Or your floor. As the case may be. <laughs> as the case may be with me. Um, but yeah, I think there, there's definitely... I, I think it was, you know, I'm glad I read it. I'm glad that I can say that I did that. And I'll probably have to read Infinite Jest at some point. <laughs> I'm not going to force you to do it. Nothing yeah. is... No, no, no. But yeah, as, as strong it, as our friendship it, is, no, 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 no. There's not, nothing within me is strong enough to to force you through a thousand page book. <laughs> Thank you. That's how I know our friendship is that strong. <laughs> um, I think like it for me a lot of it, like reading a lot of it is just tedious. Like the foot the footnotes just make getting through a paragraph very tedious, and I already you would not of, like infinite jest because of the previously discussed discomfort Ooh, no. and, and reading issues have trouble like 
I have to read things multiple times sometimes. So like having to do that is is a huge issue for me, which is why I liked the essays that were like took on more of a story. Yeah. <laughs> let's say. Um, that said, I did start Authority in American Usage, which like got slightly more interesting when I was falling asleep earlier. Okay. Because we went a whole interpolation about abortion and i was like where is this going i and sort he, of wanted to yeah I, I and he said I, he said that it would be explained but i never got there um i don't remember the abortion thing exactly yeah but authority in american uses is interesting because so david foster wallace is like a midwestern dude like a mm-hmm. christian midwestern guy from america so there's there's a moral conservatism sort of in his work there yeah like at, at the center mm-hmm. and a lot of times i i find it sort of Actually, I forgot to mention, I really loved um, The View from Mrs. Thompson's. Mm. I liked that a lot. It was the length that I needed. The 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 prose was interesting. The point of view was interesting. It's about 9-11. It was about 9-11. I'll, I'll check all your boxes. I, <laughs> I mean, about 9-11 is not one of my boxes. You love that um, incredibly loud and, and very close book? I didn't read you that. Love that. I you didn't love that. You love that book, that. Don't sell me. <laughs> Stop lying to people. <laughs> oh, the great thing is now that we have two mics, I can just cut your feet out at any point during the editing. Uh, and make it sound like you're agreeing with me through silence. That's so mean. Anyway, I, I loved that, actually. And I, I liked where he, he sat, the sort of conclusion that he came to about Midwestern people and, and people in the heart of America, as it were. Yeah, what was, what, what was it you liked about that story in particular? Um, about, his, about the conclusion? Can, can you... Give me the book. <laughs> also, this you have to know C-span? that both, both is... Jason and I are very bad at recalling things, which makes yeah, doing yes. this podcast very difficult. Yes. <laughs> um, now we're just, we're, we're, we are now passing the book itself back and forth <laughs> as if this was C-SPAN 3 said... book watch. <laughs> book watch. It was something about how how um, this, these older women reacted to to this tragedy and how it was different from how people in in you know new york or los angeles or somewhere would react to it i mean i think basically the crux of that 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 the section you're talking about is when he describes people his generation feeling like a sense of deja vu seeing 9-11 and as if it happened because they're they're relating to it through movies and television Mm -hmm, where mm -hmm. explosions and buildings collapsing are entertainment whereas people um, of this older generation in this quiet midwestern town that he lives in just view it as like an actual event yeah and i and i and i think i really liked that about it and 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 i i have this huge thing in my life and and people not discounting the opinions and the views and the intelligence of people who are are not what we would call typically you know cosmopolitan or whatever or informed this is sort of what i was talking about earlier though he's, he's clearly placing um, morally, these these people above himself. No, and, and I like, and I and explicitly. I yeah, and I I feel like I understood it more in that in that essay than I did in the. It's okay, it's it's probably more explicit than the yeah in that essay than the Tracy Austin yeah. one, but I think it's still present. Yeah. I, and I and I and I felt that because I felt that he saw something in these people that I have to explain to people about my own my own family and my own my own friends who are from rural areas and and um. And that that resonated with me, as it were. <laughs> um. What I was saying was, <laughs> there's there's a moral conservatism, there's a moral conservatism. Yeah, got that word out to some of his work that I sometimes find useful and like refreshing and mm-hmm. 
like good and like oh this is sturdy moral direction i mean the position he's taking and sometimes it gets a little i i read i read the interpolation on his pro-life and pro-choice thing and i put the book down for a second because i was like nope (laughs) not about this he says he says in it he says he he has this state that he's pro-life and pro-choice that he he believes in the right for people to make decisions for themselves and that we don't have we don't have the right to to police other people's bodies, which I appreciate. But he mm-hmm. also says that that we have trouble defining as whether or not it's alive or not. We should err on the side of it's yeah. alive and killing yeah. anything that's human is wrong. So he says that I have to say that, you know, there's a bunch of people every day who I know get abortions and I have to know that they're they are wrong, which was my big problem with it. Like, this is this is morally... He says this is morally wrong. Um, but that it's totally their right to do that. Um, it's, it's a very measured, non-hysterical anti-abortion stance. What? It's, it's a very measured... Yeah, no, it's but like... It, but it, it, it is still anti-abortion stance. It's very stance. logical, yeah. but it, 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 it says abortion is wrong. Yeah, I, yeah, I, get, I get what you're saying. Yeah, and, it's, it's still, and that... A, it's still uncomfortable to read. And I just don't think that dudes should have anything to say about it (laughs) like yeah it was it was very uncomfortable to read you don't want men to make those decisions for you not let us make them for you so you don't have to worry about it no i think i'm good i think i got it's all locked down would you you like to describe what you just did with your hands there (laughs) sort of general motion you made to your lower abdomen to my lower abdomen (laughs) my womb if you will (laughs) (laughs) thing is like He's not super passionate about anything. Everything seems very thought out in his writing. I think that's just his style, I think. Yeah. I'm, I'm, you have to have some degree of passion for what you're writing about when you write as much as he does. Yeah. As, as maybe sort of clinical as the, as the tone of the prose is. Yeah. Well, that, that was a very smart sentence. Oh. That sounded <laughs> very good there for a second. smart now that you're drawing attention to it. <laughs> well, I, didn't, I just didn't want it to go unrecognized, you know? Okay. I wanted um, you and our viewers 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 our viewers oh god where are the cameras yeah so i the whole like review of a dictionary thing and (laughs) and the opening the opening note of that is is a giant fucking list that i was really angry about (laughs) to begin with (laughs) i do remember that that was the yep Um, list right off the back yeah right off the bat um Yeah, and I and I do also have like a, a, a large issue with with people correcting other people's grammar and and usage of words. Um, <laughs> the authority in American usage, you might even yeah. say. I think if you're predisposed to dislike him the way I think it's fair to say you are. Yes, definitely. That that essay would have been more just obnoxious than yeah. to me, where it is frustrating. Where I read that after Infinite Jest, and like a lot of things I read by him that really touched me, and I felt a deep connection with. Then I read that, and it sort of is more conservative and makes me yeah. sort of feel a little bit icky and. Is is very uncomfortable to to deal with. And he, he he wrote not often, but like he wrote. I mean, he was he's very conservative sexually mm-hmm. about like sexual politics in a way mm-hmm. that doesn't always. It's not over the top, but it occasionally mm-hmm. comes through, and it's it's it can be jarring. Uh, it can be jarring. Mm-hmm. He he wrote a thing about. Um, I think the worst thing I ever read about his was was a thing about was a thing about AIDS, and the AIDS epidemic and the effect it had on sexual politics. That um, I don't even want to try to repeat the the general thesis of it because yeah. it's 
I think I think he's trying to be de- delicate about something, and I, if yeah. I try to express it to you secondhand, it's going to come through as just the dumbest thing ever. Yeah. But so still, I, don't, I don't love it all. But you felt that it was dumb. <laughs> I thought it was very dumb, and it was a dumb position to um, take. I li- like I said, I liked some of his more journalistic pieces. I liked. I would read more of that. Like I, I also do not enjoy politics, as it seems that David Foster Wallace didn't, or I don't know if he does. But I would read like another another essay like that about about politics like I, found that, I found that super fascinating yeah, yeah. um i i liked the porn one but i find the porn industry very fascinating also i think there's something very very um intriguing about it all being like the late 90s early yeah. 2000s and and just like how on on the crux of change we were there and and the description of like john mccain's campaign bus and like the technology that they're using and i'm like and them having to do all this stuff and i'm like i wonder if any of them would even talk to each other now like but like i said i i liked his journalistic stuff i liked his like probing into a world that we hadn't really known about i enjoyed the um the the i i think how much the porn industry has definitely changed in the past uh, yes. 10 years, yeah. 10, 15 years is, is probably really interesting. I don't know much about porn, but I know it's not how it was then. No. Nope. Um, because the internet. He, when he wrote that, the internet wasn't really a <laughs> thing. Really, not in the porn industry, no. No, I mean. Not really in, in general. It was like 1998. Porn it was could, like, we're still AOL porn, then. Porn would still be sold in non-internet forms back then. Yes. Whereas now it really basically can't. I like I liked in entering another world with him, I, entering in a, where, where I am a stranger and he is a stranger, um, I enjoyed that. Um, yeah. I think I would have liked the the host essay if I didn't have to read all the little. It's obnoxious because the, the the reason they formatted that way with those weird little boxes in, in the text. This is a magazine, right? No, it, it was in, it was on a website. It's on a website. So that that's the, that bizarre formatting is an attempt to recreate like the having pop up windows yeah. for the annotations. Because I, I read that I read part of that essay on a website. Yeah. It's totally. It's very um, user friendly. Yeah. It is. It is. You just click it and it pops up and oh, there's the there's the footnote. Okay, back to the essay. But the way it's laid out in the book is is terrible. It I they they should have just made them footnotes. Yeah, just put, made them footnotes. <laughs> I don't know why they didn't. Footnotes. Um, it would have been a lot easier to read. Yeah. Um, again, it's not even in the digital version. Ugh. Like, I was like, wait, there's another essay in here. Um, yeah, it's not in the digital version because you can't. Because in digital versions of books, you can change the font size and everything, yeah. and you wouldn't be able to do that. The host is good just because the, the person it's about is pretty interesting. I actually, when I um, was searching for a audio version of that, <laughs> because mm-hmm. I was having trouble mm-hmm. reading mm-hmm. of it, I found a post that that guy, who he wrote, wrote after he committed suicide. Yeah. Not friendly. Ooh, ooh yes. <laughs> like you got, you got to really, really feel bad, strongly about someone to badmouth them after they kill themselves. Like literally, like he's like, I know we're not supposed to speak ill of the recently dead, but. <laughs> so um, I think your overall response is mixed. Mixed, mixed. Mixed. I I think I think I don't want to read a book review of his ever again. Look, mixed is the highest I was shooting for. Good. The fact that you the fact that you weren't just over, like overwhelmingly disgusted and put off is I count as a victory. Yeah, like I and I don't like I don't think he's I um I don't know if I would call his writing like it didn't resonate with me a lot like like I said I think the stuff I enjoyed was because I enjoyed the subject matter he was covering right. and not necessarily the way he was writing about it, um. But um, I didn't hate it, which is important. 
Um, and I feel like I learned things. I feel like we all learned something. I think we all learned things. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And now I can say I've read it. So, you, you know. certainly can. No one can tell you you haven't read it. No one can tell me I haven't read it. That's the lowest bar you could possibly have for, for a piece of But it's literature. a good bar to have when I can be like, I don't really like Dave Foster Wallace. And they'll be like, have you read it? And I'll be like, yes. Yes, I have. <laughs> <laughs> I think I just... I feel like we just had a breakthrough. <laughs> I think you just communicated with your with your your younger self. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe. And you got to get to really have an experience. Yeah. Yeah. So. So. Uh, if you were going to recommend to me a similar thing, this, oh, piece God. of writing. Oh God. What would it be? This this is your segment, by the way. You you. Can I know. I know. I forgot about this. Oh. <laughs> um. Because, I don't know, because I don't read a lot. I read a lot of nonfiction, but I don't read anything that I would call the, the prose similar. Okay, no, let's reframe it. If you had to recommend a, a if you wanted to recommend a, a different piece of nonfiction writing, not maybe not just me, to everyone listening, yeah. what would it be? I mean, you've already read most of the nonfiction that I've recommended to you. Recommended, recommended to the world um, at large. So, um, one of my favorite authors, we're talking about favorite authors, is Sarah Bull or Val. <laughs> Think it's a vowel. Vowel. Think. We think it's vowel. We're not sure. We think it's vowel. Um, t- um, who writes a lot of historical nonfiction and and um, nonfiction, narrative nonfiction, sort of in her history in her life and and about politics a little bit. Um, I really like her. I think she is very readable and and she's pretty concise. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, her books are fairly short, which I enjoy. I think. What's that supposed to mean? Which comes from... What's that supposed to mean? Which I think comes from being on the radio, where you only have... You are... I, I think that's probably why I enjoy it, because I think she is writing like you would for someone listening to something. Have you listened to her audiobooks? I have. They're I'm, really I'm, good. I'm betting they, they fit pretty well into that format. Well, and she has, like, usually multiple people doing them. Like oh, really? Actors and stuff. Um, like, um, the most recent one, the Lafayette and Summit in the United States has, like... I just recommended it to everybody on the Still Buffering group. Um, has, like, um, John Slattery and, and I want to say a bunch a bunch of people, um, like John Hodgman and, and some other people reading and, like, doing, like, everyone has parts, usually. <laughs> it's fun. Um, and, like, jo- John Stewart's done and Stephen Colbert have been in them. Um, but, yeah, so I, as far as, like, Nonfiction goes. I, she's one of my favorite authors, and I've read pretty much everything that she's written. Um, I really like historical nonfiction. Um, that's kind of my jam, um, <laughs> as far as things go. Oh, I read. Um, I finally read Bill Bryson's *Walk in the Woods*, which I really enjoyed. Um, which is about him going hiking the Appalachian Trail, which was um, enjoyable, and I like him as an author. Is he? But he's just walking the trail. Is that it? Um, he does it at. An older age, and it's it's How old? It's, it's interesting. And How he, old? I don't remember, but um. Couldn't have been that old then. Um, but it, it's it's interesting. It's a it's you know just about people and the experience and that sort of thing. Um, so it's about walking. What? So it's about walking. It's about hiking. <laughs> it's walking. a subtle a subtle difference there. I mean, I mean, my favorite like long book that I've read recently was Pictures at a Revolution. Like, that was long. That was pretty long. How long was it? I don't know. I didn't read it as a book. <laughs> but it took me a long time to listen to. <laughs> how, many, how, many, how many work days did you, did you spend listening to it? Probably, like, a couple weeks. Wow. 
which I don't know how long the book actually is, but that's, oh. that's a lot for me. <laughs> I've definitely you, listened to books in like a day. You should, you should just measure books by the length it takes you to listen to the audiobook. <laughs> Pictures of Revolution, that book's four weeks long. <laughs> it's four weeks long. Um, yeah, so, yeah, that's, I, I, like, I like sort of narrative historical fiction, historical nonfiction. Um, I think reading, like, textbooks is hard, um, but... I think, like I read, I read the Chernow biography. I didn't find it as engaging. I, I like, I like historical stories more than than like biographies. Um, things that are maybe shorter. Maybe a little, little shorter. A little shorter. A little shorter. Okay. Um, I highly recommend. I think shorter. everyone's read it by now. Um, a Devil in the White City. I've read it. You should read it. It's, it's real good. good. I also read his other two. Not, he has more than two, more than three books, but I read a couple of other things by him. I read his most recent book, Dead Wake, which is about the last crossing of the Lusitania, which was very good, too. That's er- Eric Larson. Yeah, so I would recommend Sarah Val because I like her a lot. Um, but that's, like, it's totally different from from Dave Foster Wallace. It's not, there's not, there's not anything in comparison there. Yeah, nonfiction essays. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, that, that's not a small category, but it's it's... It is a category. It is a category. It is, it is a, a form. I, I suppose. Yes, yeah. it is. I think you could um, draw a comparison between the things you like about this, that versus the things you don't like about this. Yeah. 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 Okay. That like, seems I, that I, seems about I, right. I think you did good. That seems about right. I'm I'm really proud of myself for reading this book. So, <laughs> can you imagine how proud I'm going to be if I ever do read Infinite Jest? Uh, you, you'd be just you riding that high for for I'm months. Buy myself a cake. <laughs> that ever happened. <laughs> Or, you know, a car. <laughs> <laughs> Kelsey, why'd you buy this Lamborghini? <laughs> I finished Because I finished the book. See y'all later. <laughs> so I guess that about does it for us here in this episode of Ruin My Life. Yeah. I don't know if we were as funny this week. <laughs> Leave that up to the audience to decide. Are we ever funny? We're very funny. Okay. I think we're very so. funny. We're funny. We're smart. And darn it, people like us. <laughs> they do. Special thanks to Dania Bound of the Weeping Willards for use of their song Outside in the Rain from the album The Weeping Willards. It's a good song. It's a good song. Thanks, thanks, Danny. You guys should all go download it. Download it for um, however much money you want to pay. For, yeah, big. Name your price. <laughs> the Weeping Willards. Dot com. Um, and thanks to Carly Sussman for designing our awesome logo. Well, signing off here from, uh, again, from Radioland. Radioland. Radioland USA. Radioland. I am Jason Edwards. I'm Kelsey Goldman. And remember, be enthusiastic. Be enthusiastic. I don't know if it makes sense because we don't talk about enthusiasm enough in, like, the intro. Oh, you're right, we don't. We should really start doing that. They wish I would go ahead and fuck my life up. Can't let them get to me. And even though I always fuck my life up. Only I can mention me They wish I would go ahead and fuck my life up Can't let them get to me And even though I always fuck my life up Only I can mention me Only I can mention me Only I can mention me we should probably just not have a sign off until like one comes organically. Let's, let's try. Let's try. Let's try a few out right now. Let's try okay. a few sign offs. I'm Kelsey Goldman. I'm Jason Edwards. Eat a dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
Oh. Okay, let's try a different one. I'm Jason Edwards. I'm Kelsey Goldman. Dot com. Dot com. <laughs> We're funny. I'm Jason Edwards. Mm, I'm Kelsey Goldman. Get up off of that thing. Make yourself feel better. <laughs> um, do we're, more we're, stuff. We're here for you. Do more stuff. Do your thing. Do your thing. Do more stuff. Do your thing. We are your best friends. We should do the sign-off on a separate day, not on a podcast, <laughs> and just attach to all the other ones. Okay, so we're going to... Okay, okay. So we'll, we'll table this for now. I think we should table this for now. Okay.